I'm Mel Jarman and I'm on the policy team at TPR working on climate change and stewardship and I'm here today to introduce our three guests who are fantastic speakers on climate change and stewardship and I'd like to ask them to introduce themselves. Claire, if we could start with you. Hi, I'm Claire Jones. I'm Head of Responsible Investment at LCP, the consultancy and also lead on our climate change work. And Claudia. Hi, I'm Claudia Chapman and I head up the stewardship team at the Financial Reporting Council. We uh, look after the UK Stewardship Code, Corporate Governance Code and the principles for large private companies, the weights principles. And finally, David. Um, hi, Mel. I'm David Fairs, Executive Director of Regulatory Policy Advice and Analysis. Thanks. So we've come together today to mark the launch of TPR's first ever climate change strategy, which sets out TPR's strategic response to the risks and opportunities occupational pension schemes are facing from climate change. So I'd like to put the first question to David. As I said, this strategy is a first for TPR. So can you tell us a bit about the strategy and how it came about? Sure, Mel. I think there are a number of things that are coming together for us to uh, produce a strategy at this time. Um, we've obviously got the regulations that have been enforced for a short time now uh, around incorporating uh, climate change in the statement of investment principles into implementation statements and so on. Um, and, and also there's the obvious logic that pensions are long-term things and if you've got people being automatically enrolled now, uh, saving over the next 40 to 50 years uh, and then relying on that pension for another 20 or 30 years, then things like climate change are clearly going to have an impact. Um, but they've also got a much more immediate impact when we're looking at, uh, for example, defined benefit schemes, um, the impact on the employer covenant as well as the assets within the scheme and, and on pricing are, are really uh, quite immediate. Um, and I think, you know, a key driver for us was the, the government's green finance strategy uh, published in July 2019, setting out the roadmap and for the greening of the, of the financial sector. Um, and it's pretty clear that actually because you've got that as a strategy for government and the desire to get to net zero by 2050, um, there are going to be policies that are put in place that are going to uh, impact businesses. There, there uh, are going to be some opportunities that arise from that, but also some risks. So where you have got savers money uh, and that money being looked after by trustees over the long term, uh, it's quite clear that we need trustees to think about the impact, the opportunities and risks uh, from, from climate change. Um, and it's really important, I think, that you know we engage uh, with the industry, that we try and influence the debate. We try and make sure that uh, uh, trustees think about the impact of climate change uh, on their investment strategy, the assets they, they hold, and as I say, uh, for defined benefit schemes, they think about the impact uh, from the employer covenant perspective. Um, so we are going to take part in the debate. Uh, we are going to make uh, trustees aware of, of the issues and challenges from that. Um, but equally, I think trustees are going to get questions from members who are very interested around climate change and how their money is, is being invested. Um, so it's important, you know, for our regulated community. Um, but we can't, as a regulator, uh, enforce regulations uh, coming into being without thinking about our own impact uh, on climate. And so, uh, you know, within our strategy, yes, we're talking about how we're going to regulate the uh, uh, 
requirements that are already in place, the climate-related financial disclosures that are coming in uh, through the Pension Schemes Act. As I say, we are going to uh, engage with trustees, but we also need to do things ourselves. So part of our climate strategy is what we're going to do around that and the actions that we're going to take as well. And Claire, if I could come to you, your day-to-day -day work is very closely involved with trustees. And from what David said, TPR's approach here is really stepping up, taking a much more comprehensive approach to climate change. I'm wondering how you think that will be received by the people that you work with. Well, I, I think, Mel, that it, it will be welcomed that TPR is pulling together in one place its strategy on climate change because we've known for a while that it's an important topic for TPR. Um, if, for example, people like David have spoken at conferences and events and we've we've seen various um, uh, insights through write-ups of those events. Um, but have a single document which pulls together TPR's position and importantly that the plans that TPR has in future and various aspects relating to climate change I think is going to be really helpful for trustees. Not only in terms of more visibility of what they can expect in terms of guidance and, and help with best practice, but also to know what TPR is planning in terms of working with other regulators and, and with government to actually facilitate trustees' consideration of, of climate risks. Um, and also, of course, it, it underscores that this is a priority topic for TPR. Um, and as trustees themselves are juggling multiple priorities, it's helpful to, to know that that's a priority and to see that it's also a priority for, for other regulators and, and government uh, to help the trustees give it um, appropriate attention themselves. And Claudia, TPR is not the only organisation with a first this spring. I believe that you're assessing the first rounds of applications for the stewardship code. So I was wondering if you could tell us a bit about that and how you think that fits with this work. How will stewardship help trustees deliver their climate change goals? Yeah, absolutely. So thank you. And first of all, uh, congratulations to TPR on pulling this together. Um, we, we reviewed it at the FRC and we were really impressed with the ambition of TPR's own work and, and the direction of travel. And we'll be, we'll be looking um, keenly to see, you know, so how that's received and, and, you know, inspiration for our own work as well. So to, to answer your question, Mel, about the stewardship code. So the stewardship code, um, for those that, that are not familiar with it, are a set of best practice principles for asset managers asset owners and the service providers that support them and they set a sort of standard for the um, and that's above the minimum regulatory requirement about the activity that these organizations undertake um, when they are looking after the assets entrusted to their care and they cover a range of sort of activities around the governance um, of the organization um, how uh, stewardship is is resource and also the more traditional or well-known aspects of engagement um, and and due diligence and monitoring and um, and monitoring reporting of, of votes for example and and the reason that we think it will be supporting uh, trustees um, duties or is is that it when we ask asset owners and asset managers to report against the principles of the code, it gives you a set of information that trustees can, can look at to understand how their managers are, um, are undertaking activities that do, um, do fulfill some of their, their investment duties on their behalf. So, you know, you're thinking about, well, how are how are their asset managers considering um, the risks and opportunities presented by climate change? How are they taking action? And then you see all of that reporting, you understand the commitment from that organization and identify whether or not their approach aligns with the approach of your own, of your own uh, pension fund, for example. 
But it's not just a case, is it, of trustees offloading that stewardship activity onto their asset managers or their service providers. I mean, there's certain behaviours that I guess TPR expects in terms of stewardship. Yeah, absolutely. And so there is, you know, principles equally apply to to asset owners, so to, to pension funds and insurers, for example. And and there we're asking um, we're asking those organisations to use the stewardship code as a framework um, to 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 look at, at how you are fulfilling your your duties. And um, and it also gives you a framework to, to communicate with your members and beneficiaries about what you're doing. So back to that point that David made at the at the start about the, the you know increasing expectations. Um, uh, from uh, beneficiaries savers about what what is being um, what is being done with their investments and how they're being looked after and the impact that they have it gives you a, a vehicle to communicate that um, to to your members does this chime with what you hear claire do you hear about how trustees are using stewardship to deliver climate goals or or any specific asks that they're having of the people doing the stewardship activities alongside them i think stewardship is a really important vehicle for uh, trustees to manage climate related risks and opportunities it is still quite early days in terms of them appreciating that. I think there's still a tendency to focus on the immediate question of where is your money invested? But as trustees start to appreciate the systemic nature of climate change, then they'll realise that actually you need change right across the economy. And stewardship is so fundamental for that because it's about improving practices across all of the companies that the trustees are invested in. David, I was wondering if you might pick this up in the context of TPR's climate change strategy, whether there's particular behaviours that are expected of trustees? Well, just really building on what Claudia said, you know, we do expect uh, trustees to demonstrate uh, good governance and oversight of their scheme, and, and uh, clearly that includes investment. So they do need to understand the risks and opportunities that are within uh, their portfolio. Um, for trustees of defined benefit schemes, they've, they've also got to think uh, around the sponsor covenant and the impact of climate change uh, on the sponsor covenant. And they've got to think about it in the context of their uh, funding and investment strategy. Um, but like Claudia was saying, you know, that there is a uh, responsibility for trustees to engage with investment managers and the companies that they invest in. Um, they have an opportunity to influence behaviours, and, and I think that's an incredibly important role, um, because actually by influencing behaviours, you can enhance the return uh, from the investments that you're making, and you can also minimise risk. And you know, en enhancing return, minimising risk has got to be a good thing and, and plays that governance and oversight role. Um, but trustees are also uh, going to be uh, a need to engage with their members who are increasingly concerned, I think, about how their money is invested. They're not only interested in, in the return that's produced, but actually how's their money uh, being invested. Um, and in order to drive engagement with their members, I think climate change and ESG issues are, are one of the things that, that uh, trustees need to embrace and talk to their members about. Because increasingly, that's, that's actually what members are, are interested and want to hear about. Can I add to what David said? I think the interesting thing about the 
stewardship code and its application to asset owners, so pension funds, for example, is that there can be the perception that, that with the code and this higher set of expectations that we're asking, um, we're asking trustees and, and, and funds to undertake this work themselves. And actually what we're asking is under a set of principles that they are being really, really clear about the expectations that they set for those that work on their behalf and that their role is very much one um, of monitoring and holding to account and and furnishing themselves with the information they need to make the decisions that they are responsible for and ensuring that they are receiving the information that they need in order to make those decisions and not being afraid to challenge and, and kind of moving away from this um this some, that sometimes happens when you are in this position where you don't feel that you're in a position of knowledge and power so you accept what is, is, what is told to you and I think this the, the beauty of the stewardship code in my view is it gives you some of that framework to challenge some of the information that you may be given and, and test whether or not it, it's it's um it's what you need and what you um, expect in order to fulfill your duties and it gives you that that broader framework to look at a number of different areas whether it be for example climate reporting or in the future many other issues that we may may expect trustees to, to be um, cognizant of yeah and i imagine that cpr is going to pick up a, a, on a lot of that work as part of regulatory activities in line with the new um, the requirements under the Pension Schemes Act and so on. But David, I wanted to come to another aspect of the climate change strategy that you mentioned. And that was this desire that TPR should have a voice in the debate. If, if you were to have that voice, what is it you want to say? Um, good question, Mel. I, I, I think, um, you know, we think about climate change and we think about some other long-term consequences of climate change. but. Um, it's also important, I think, that trustees recognise that there are some short-term implications too. Uh, is climate change adequately priced into the market in the uh, investments that, that pension schemes uh, are making? I, I think also when we talk about climate change, we talk about the risks of climate change. It's important equally to say there are going to be opportunities around climate change and uh, trustees need to be alive to those things. Uh, just again, building on what Claudia says, uh, engagement can change behaviour. It is really important, I think, that trustees engage with uh, their investment managers, with the companies that they're investing, because actually they can make a difference uh, by engaging. Um, the, the time to act is now. Uh, you know, there are already some regulations in place uh, which we're required to regulate against. There are more coming. Uh, so this is an area, an issue that uh, trustees need to embrace. And I think importantly, it's, it's an area that is going to change quite rapidly. Uh, I am constantly astonished when I kind of um, remind myself that the Green Finance Strategy was only published in July 2019 and, and a lot has changed since then. Um, but a lot is going to change as well in the very near future. Uh, we recognise with uh, climate-related financial disclosures that the flow of information is not going to be perfect from day one, uh, but I think it will get better very, very quickly. Uh, techniques uh, and, and methodologies are going to be refined and will change uh, a lot. Uh, equally, the regulatory environment is, is going to change quite a lot. I think uh, in the early days, we'll try to be very supportive and educate trustees in, in what they need to do uh, before we then move into enforcement. Um, but I think all regulators will, will be beginning to tighten up around this so uh, that actually the information is more reliable and, and stronger and more accurate uh, than it has been. 
Um, so I think, you know, a lot is going to change over the next two years as well. And it's going to be really important for trustees to keep abreast of the change uh, as it happens. Thanks. So, Claire, that's what the regulator would like to say. Any thoughts on what you think trustees would like to hear? That's, that's, a, that's a good question, Mel. Um, I think for trustees at this stage, it's for, particularly for the smaller schemes, it's understanding what they what they can do, um, and for that for that reason, it's helpful that the new TCFD reporting requirements are being phased in gradually. So what I've seen over the last few months is a real step change in terms of the level of activity among the largest pension schemes in relation to climate risk. You know, as David said, this this is an area that's changing very rapidly, and I think over the course of the next sort of six to twelve months, as the largest pension schemes comply with the new requirements, we will get you know, more. Um, more visibility of the, the type of actions that schemes can can take. And TPR's got an important role there in terms of, of helping that, that process by sort of sharing best best practice and working with other organisations such as the, the FCA on improving the flow of data to support that, that activity by pension schemes. Um, and we will then naturally see it, the action filter down into the smaller schemes over time. Mel, I wonder if it'd be helpful to hear her to say um, a couple of things about what we're trying to do as regulators to work together, because I, I can com completely imagine that with all these reporting requirements that, that trustees might be thinking, well, these regulators talking to each other. And I think it would be helpful to to point out there are a couple of initiatives that we do talk, for example, around climate regulation. We have a, a quite a wide um, range of, of organisations, so regulators and government departments that talk about that. And we are, um, it's not always possible. We are very much seeking to try and um, streamline and align requirements where we can. And, and, and certainly we're doing that with the stewardship regulators group as well. And I think to, to Claire's point, there will be a really important role and opportunity for larger um, players to help share as you know as they pave the way um, help share good practice with with smaller schemes and I think there's also going to be mechanisms in place to, to allow that to happen as well. I think one of the important areas for change is one that, that David's alluded to a couple of times, which is the broadening out of trustees' focus in that there has been a real focus on investment to date. And I think trustees are at a very early stage of recognising the relevance of climate risks and opportunities for the funding strategy and, and the, the sponsor covenant on, on the DB side. Um, and so uh, the guidance that, that comes from TPR and, and the, the discussion around uh, funding and covenant in, in the strategy that, that you've just published um, is really helpful in terms of signalling that broadening of emphasis by trustees. So there's one final question that I'd like to ask you all, and that is if I could ask you to look forward for a minute to 2025, when reporting on climate change should be embedded right across the investment chain in the UK. That's some of the cross-regulatory work that Claudia was speaking about a minute ago and when the stewardship code will have been through several rounds of reporting. I'd like to, each, to ask you each to describe what you think a trustee approach should, to climate change should look like by then, if I could start with you, Claire. Well, as you, you talked then, Mel, about it being embedded throughout the, the, the investment chain, and I think we will see climate risk become a standard part of trustee discussions, whether that's investment or funding or, or covenant. Um, by 2025, I hope we'll be a long way along that journey and that the level of discussion from trustees, the sophistication of that discussion will really have increased as they get, get a more granular understanding of climate change. So that we'll see as they're, they're talking, whether it's their investment managers or their investment consultants, their scheme actuary, their covenant 
government advisor that they're naturally talking about climate risks and opportunities and asking some some really quite insightful questions that are teasing out whether or not um, the, the, the assessment of risks and opportunities is, is being done well so that there is, is genuine oversight of, of the activity that's being undertaken on trustees' behalf and, and a real embedding of, of climate considerations in the decisions that trustees are taking. And Claudia? Yeah, I think I think I agree with what Claire said, and I guess in the context of the stewardship code, you know, what we'd like to get to is where the the reporting of the stewardship code allows um, allows trustees to uh, not only communicate what they do and and who they interact with, but also when looking at manager reporting, are able to very much select or use use that as an information um, source to select. Uh, those managers that align to the approach that they want to take and it's very clear um, you know where that alignment takes place and and yes I, I think a, a greater degree of confidence and maturity and sophistication around um, the conversations that are being having around climate and investment and and um, very much being able to take comfort in the decisions that they're making because they feel better placed to. And David, the strategy talks about a landscape of resilience pension schemes being within reach. So what do you see when you look forward to 2025? What would you like to see from trustees at that stage? I mean, to a degree, I'll echo what Claire said. You know, we, we want uh, the legislation to be bedded in for, for people to be familiar with the guidance and the requirements and, and for it to be just a natural part of, of what they do uh, and a natural part of, of their decision making around how they select investment managers and their investment strategy and, and so on. Um, I, and I'd very much hope that uh, by then we've got much stronger information flows um, you know, the roadmap that uh, was published uh, in November last year by the Chancellor showing how ourselves, the FRC, the PRA and the FCA were all going to work together to ensure that that uh, flow of information was strong and that that data was consistent so that actually trustees have got really good, reliable data to make decisions on. Um, so, so I hope all those those things are in place. I equally hope that we'll have made progress on our own journey uh, around dealing with with uh, climate related issues, making disclosures uh, ourselves, uh, and and uh, being on our own journey to uh, to net zero. Well, thank you very much, all. It's been much appreciated and it really does sound like it's an exciting time ahead when it comes to climate change for occupational pension schemes and trustees.